When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. And it's funny because we used to have those conversations. Yeah, they were about Aaron Rodgers, but it was always about, is Aaron Rodgers coming back to play for the Packers? Right? That had been the theme. Is he or isn't he? But now it's still about Aaron Rodgers. But the question is, well, what happens if he's not going to be playing for the Packers and instead playing for a team here in New York, which, of course, we've been talking about a lot. But he is, of course, the sports director, ABC 12, out there in Wisconsin, my buddy, Dario Melendez, always good to catch up with him. Dario, long time no chat, my friend. How are you? Uh, man, I, I need this all to be over. I need sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I need Aaron Rodgers to make a flipping decision already. It's funny because, like I said, you and I used to talk all the time about, well, is he going to be a Packer or not? And now we're talking about him maybe making the move east here. L- let me ask it this way first. As far as the fan base is concerned out there, are they pretty much done with the Aaron Rodgers stuff already, or are they pretty much at this point resigned to the fact, hey, let's turn the reins over to Jordan Love? I think it's 50-50, maybe 60-40. Um, on you. Like, the fan base went through this 15 years ago with Brett Favre. Coincidentally enough, and ironically enough, it was with the Jets. Um, they've gone through this the last three seasons since Jordan Love was drafted. Um, I-, I think they're just done with the drama. And that's one thing Aaron Rodgers tends to bring everywhere. I mean, he brings his drama. So that's why I understand Jets fans are excited. I'm curious to why Jets fans are so excited. Um, Because, again, before my move back to Wisconsin, I mean, I was at ESPN, then I was at New York One. I covered the Jets for three seasons. I know that (laughs) fan base. I know that organization. Uh, I was there when Fitzmagic and Brandon Marshall couldn't get it done in Buffalo. I was there when he had the best defensive line in the league with Snacks and Wilkerson and Williams and Richardson. And, I mean, I just don't understand the excitement to be maybe the second best or third best team in the AFC East with Aaron Rodgers. Um, it, it just it, it, I always go back to when Bill Pulling, when I was at ESPN, he always told me, just because you're thirsty for lemonade, you don't bite a lemon. Um, I, I understand Aaron Rodgers has a lot of appeal, and he's still a very good quarterback. I mean, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But when you take him to the AFC, is he the best quarterback in the AFC East if you put him on the Jets? No. I mean, Josh Allen's really good. Is he the best quarterback? Is he a top top four quarterback in the AFC? And Joe Burrow's good. Josh Allen's good. Patrick Mahomes really good. Um, It's kind of mind-boggling to me that there's so much excitement for a 39-year-old quarterback who doesn't know if he wants to play let alone play for the Jets. Well, so that's kind of like where I stand on all this. Simple answer to that question is I don't, you know, when you said you don't understand where all the, you know, the excitement is. Well, because it's been fifty-five years. That's why. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this team's well, got I, the. Well, that, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying, Dad. It's like just because you're thirsty for lemonade, don't bite a lemon. Like I don't. Uh, I, he's a band-aid right now, right? I mean, he's got two more years on his contract. He's been very, very adamant that he doesn't want to play late or mid into his forties. So you're going to bring him in to what? Maybe be a wild card? Maybe get knocked out in the first round, second round? I mean, it just, it's, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, 
mm-hmm. and I want to win, where do you think the best chance for me winning is? In a division that has a Dolphins team that's probably like an average quarterback away from being really good, a division that has Josh Allen and a division that has Bill Belichick, or do you want to be in the NFC North that has a bunch of dodos running their teams? So it, it just I, – I don't understand what <laughs> – this whole thing is just crazy to me. Like, it's crazy that the Packers um, have so much faith right now in Jordan Love, who we haven't seen. They had so little faith in him last year that they signed Rick Rodgers to this ridiculous contract that has now hamstrung them. Um, it's crazy that the Jets, in my opinion, want him so bad. And it's crazy that Aaron Rodgers is doing this thing that he said he wasn't going to do, which is hijack the offseason. So all of this is just nuts. And the bottom line is it, it, it really all just depends on Aaron Rodgers, right? Like the yeah. Packers and Jets have a, a deal in place, right? They, they know what they want to do. Now Aaron Rodgers doesn't even know what he wants to do. And I, and I truly believe that. Like I don't if, – if he knew he wanted to play for the Jets, he would have said that. If he knew he wanted to play for the Packers, he would have said that. The one thing that Aaron Rodgers has kind of preached over the last two years is that he's never experienced free agency – so this almost seems to me like a faux free agency for him. Like he goes to Lake Tahoe, the Raider fans are like gushing over him. He has Woody and all the guys come out, and he has the Jets gushing over him. It is, it's almost like that, that the person that goes to the bar at the end of the night wants to get all the attention but ends up going back home. But the problem is, is he even allowed to go home now? So I just I, this whole situation, Dan, is just crazy to me. Talking with Dario Melendez, he's, of course, sports director, ABC 12 out there in Wisconsin, talking about the Rodgers situation. Look, you mentioned the Jordan Love scenario, and look, they don't know what they have. I think us that watch the NFL and watch the Packers, we don't know what Jordan Love is. I mean, the dude played one game. It didn't go all that great, of course, when Rodgers was sick a couple of years ago there. But we all know that the economics with the contracts, right? Green Bay's already three years into this thing. They got to find out, did they waste the first round pick? So I think that they maybe want to start the clock there. But The rest of the squad, does maybe Green Bay feel that, all right, last year they took a step back. Do they think that maybe it's time to maybe turn this thing around and maybe, I don't want to say rebuild, but retool a little bit with a guy who's going to cost them a heck of a lot less money on a rookie contract? Uh, Maybe. Um, I mean, that's a good point. Like trying to kind of hit the reset button, go young. Rogers mentioned that at his uh, final press conference against uh, after that Lions game that, you know, there was always the possibility of the team would kind of want to reset and do things over. They still have a lot of good pieces in place. Look, we saw Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson come on. Obviously, Aaron Jones is restructured. He's staying. David Bakhtiari has restructured at the moment. He's staying. Um, they have a really good core in place. They might be one above average solid receiver away from contending. Because, again, remember, the NFC North stinks. Like the, the Vikings, who had a negative point differential, won the NFC North by a ton. And then they obviously got exposed. So the path to the Super Bowl is much better in this. And they're division. tearing it down the, already the too. St- oh yeah, oh for sure. It's just I mean, and look, Adam Thielen's the guy out there. The, the Hopkins is the guy out there that the Packers could target if they if they wanted to try to you know tell Rodgers, hey, look, you know, maybe let's try this one more time. The next year we'll just release you outright and go on. But we we got a we got a shot. We have a good core. Um, we saw Jordan Love a couple times this year, and he looked, he looked good, man. Like, he ran the offense. He did what Matt LaFleur wanted to do, and he looked good. It was in junk time. It was in garbage time. You can't put too much into it, but he looked much more confident than we had seen before. I mean, what the San Francisco 49ers do is what Matt LaFleur wants to do. The issue is Aaron Rodgers wants to do his thing. That's mm-hmm. why you saw that article come up about hand signals. 
And yeah, it's stupid. This is the NFL. These guys need hand signals, but Rogers doesn't take the time to sit down with his young receivers, which he's going to have to do in New York, which again, he didn't do this year in green Bay and teach them. Like he doesn't want to do that. He expects guys to get on his level. And that's why I always say like, when you look at players that become coaches, it's hard for generational players to relate to guys that are really talented but need to be taught because for them it's easy. It's like, hey, man, just do what I do. It's like, bro, we can't do what you do because you're the best. You're, right. you're like one of the best to ever do it. And Rodgers just doesn't grasp that. So he passes the buck off to coaches. He passes it to position coaches and other receivers, and he skips voluntary OTAs when he has a young crew coming in. And he's going to have to do all that stuff again in, in New York with – a newish offense, like obviously he knows Nathaniel Hackett, we get that, but now the new guys are going to have to learn Nathaniel Hackett's offense. It obviously didn't work well in Denver, and hopefully it'll work now in New York. Like the whole situation, as you could tell, like none of it makes sense to me. This almost feels like a, a guy that wants to feel wanted, a team that wants to break this 50 year streak, and the other team that's like, ah, I kind of, we kind of want to move on, we kind of don't want to move on, we just don't want to look bad. Like, this is just a, uh, a terrible situation for everybody. And hopefully, Mark Burpee said yesterday, it gets resolved by free agency, which is, what, three, our time, four, your time on Wednesday. It's, uh, it's as you can tell, I'm, like, at my wit's end, Dan. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm going to have to go hey, to therapy for all this stuff. <laughs> I, I can tell. Believe me. Trust me. I, I, I get the hint. You're done with this whole thing. Let, let, let's just go back, though. It's, I mean, my thing is this. Look, and I understand it, it reeks of maybe a little bit of desperation here, and it's not a long-term fit. I get it. And maybe if you bring this guy on, you're looking at maybe one or two years. That being said, this is still a guy that even though he had a little bit of a downtick last year, now he was playing with a broken thumb for the majority of the season, his season was still better than what you could hope for any Jet quarterback having for the last basically two decades, right? This guy still won two out of the last three MVP awards in the National Football League. So you could talk about all these other young quarterbacks or whatnot in the AFC and the other power structure. But if this guy's motivated, if this guy's got a chip on his shoulder, and if he's healthy, more importantly, you might be able to tap into some good football, albeit for a short term. And I think that's what the Jets are maybe banking on. And look, he won two of those MVPs with Devontae Adams. You take Devontae Adams and a – ridiculous type receiver out of the equation and then Aaron Rodgers looks very pedestrian now pedestrian relative to Aaron Rodgers he still had a good season he had a broken thumb but that's another factor like dude had a broken thumb sit on the bench get healthy and let Jordan Love try to play like you're telling me Jordan Love couldn't win those five games in a row against terrible teams Uh, he could have now obviously the, the Jets have a little bit more talent I don't know man Christian Watson came on last year Romeo Dobbs came on last year um they weren't as good as Garrett Wilson. Do the Jets though. have – yeah, 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 no. But do, do the Jets have a top five receiver is the question. In the NF – is mean, Garrett I Wilson they, a top five right now? I, I, you can't say now, but does he become that? Maybe in a few years, maybe. Well, well, in a, but will Rodgers be there in a few years? No. See, that, that, that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, if Rodgers, who has always made receivers better because he's really good, now he needs receivers to make him a little bit better – like, if going to the Jets, does that do that? I mean, because, again, when you get into the AFC East, I mean, look, I grew up in Miami, so right. I, I know the AFC extremely well. You know the revolving the door, door trying to, to replace dog. Dan Marino. Right. Oh, bro, uh, that's a story for another day. Like, yeah. the Tua thing is just ridiculous to me. Um, 
I just don't see Aaron Rodgers making the Jets that much better. I don't see him taking them from worst to first. I don't even think taking them from worst to second. And I still think the Dolphins, even with Aaron Rodgers, are better. Uh, and now you take at least two dome games off of his schedule because you're not playing in Detroit and, and Minnesota. And I know you're going to say, well, he's used to playing in Green Bay in the cold. Don't worry about that. Yeah, well, not, No, well, what I was going to tell you is it's years. not even that cold here anymore. We, we've only had like one day of oh, snow the entire <laughs> winter. <laughs> Man, I, I can't tell you how much I do not miss Nor'easters. But again, in Wisconsin, it's, it's a different type of cold. Um, look, look I, I get it. Jets fans should be excited. It, it's been a long time. I, I get that. As a Dolphins fan, I would love to have Aaron Rodgers. Like if I go back to like my Dolphins-ness, but then you kind of take a step back and look at the big picture. It's like, what's, what's the point? Like, what am I going to have to give up? What am I going to have to do to like restructure and push money down the line to get a quarterback that is probably going to put me through this next season and then doesn't make me the Super Bowl favorite? Because well, here, here's like, the, the thing. The Jets aren't. I, go ahead. It's, uh, this is a team last year that at Thanksgiving they were 7-4. and four. They were pretty much in the playoffs the entire season. Defense was a top-five defense in the league. They went into Green Bay and kicked the you-know-what out of the Packers. The, do you realize last year the, 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 the team leader in touchdown passes out of the revolving door of quarterbacks was six? <laughs> Think about that. Six. Yeah. So if they had any sort of average yeah. quarterback play, they would have made the playoffs. Now you're talking about a guy who could yeah, potentially, they, 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 when he's at his best, play at a really high level? Different story. Yeah, they they would have made they would have made the wild card and lost in the first round. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. Like I don't see Aaron Rodgers putting them past the Bills. So if you're not going to get put past the Bills and you're going to play in the first round, most likely against the Bengals or let's say the Cincinnati. Well, remember uh, the Jets the beat the Bills Chiefs last year. Here. Again, I yeah uh, the Dolphins beat the Bills as well, didn't they? Yeah, I don't think the Dolphins. But I like Bills. well. Here's the thing about the Bills. I'm not saying the Bills are bad, but. Josh Allen didn't have as good of a season without Brian Dayball. I, we're, you know, I want to see, like, what he does next year. Like, is this going to be a thing? Because, you know, like we talked about, Aaron Rodgers won two of the last three MVPs. Josh Allen, we're still waiting for him to win that first MVP. I know he's really good, but I still think that you could tap into something here and you can upgrade a position which sorely, sorely needs upgrade. Oh, yeah. For sure. You Look, Aaron Rodgers is an upgrade over anything the Jets had or anything the Dolphins have, anything the, the Patriots or the Falcons or – uh, the, the Panthers, the, the Arizona Cardinals, like most teams. But the question is, is giving up what you're going to give up to get Aaron Rodgers make you a division champion favorite and a Super Bowl contender? And in my opinion, the answer is no if you go to the Jets. If you stay in Green Bay, it without a doubt makes you the favorite in the NFC North because the NFC North stinks. It's, it's the new NFC East. Like, it's just – the Vikings stink, the Bears stink, the Lions stink. Well, it's like the NFC they, South. It's just the way it is. The NFC South stinks yeah, now, too. The NFC South is horrible as well. But, I mean, the AFCs, after years of being dominated by the Patriots, it's a good division now. And I don't see Aaron Rodgers being added to the Jets as the missing piece that makes them a Super Bowl contender. I think it makes them better. But I don't see them being a Super Bowl contender. Because, again, are you better than Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Are you better than Joe Burrow and the Bengals? Uh, I, Josh Allen's really good. Are you better than Josh Allen and the Bills? Let's say, I don't know, somehow the Dolphins get Lamar Jackson, even though we've heard they're out of it. 
let's say you put Lamar Jackson or, or even Jimmy Garoppolo, like someone with that, that's confident at a quarterback that could throw more than 10 yards. Mm. I mean, are, are you better than a, a team in Miami that is built for speed and will stretch and, and put defenses in a world of pain? Like, I, I just – I don't see the Jets being so much better that this move, sacrificing – cap space down the road, sacrificing picks down the road. I don't see it making it better for them. Well, remember, the cap, better, the cap like, it's only 15. The cap it's only going to be 15 million this year, which is not bad at all. They and still I, need to get under 20 million. Like, I know they freed up a little bit more, but don't they have some more to free up? They, they're like, they're they getting there. More moves to make. They've done some restructuring, <laughs> and I still think you're going to get them for without – you're not going to have to give up a first-round pick to get them either. Well, that means they're taking on all the money. Right. They're taking on the money, and not only that, though, but think about the leverage. Because, remember, it's either the Jets or he retires because he's not going to go to Green Bay. So Green Bay looks at it as, okay, what are we doing? We're losing him for nothing or we're sending oh, him to I, another I team? I still think Green Bay is definitely on the table. Um, I think really? Green Bay is without a doubt on the table. Oh, 110%. I, I mean, I know it's looking like it's the Jets right now, but if Rodgers wanted to sign with the Jets today or yesterday or the day before, he would have. It doesn't mean he's not dragging this out. Because I know the Jets feel. Like, I can tell you right now, the Jets feel like Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback. And I know the Packers are probably hoping or just that this drama is over with. But Green Bay is without a doubt an option to, to go back to. Because he has a no trade. He doesn't have a no trade clause. But, like, let's say it, it doesn't work with the Jets for some reason. And the Packers end up trying to ship him somewhere. If he retires, they're on the hit for $40 million in dead cap space. If, right. Which they're going to have to restructure to be able to make this thing work because Green Bay's oh, not going to yeah. make that move. No. But they, they, they restructured Jones. They restructured Bakhtiari. Uh, Rodgers has already said if he went back to Green Bay, he'd have to restructure his deal. Um, oh, I, I 100% think Green Bay is still an option to go back to. I think Jordan Love would then request a trade, and Green Bay would say go pound dirt. Um, <laughs> but maybe you go back to Green Bay and you're like, yeah, exactly. You're like, Look, you know what? We'll do this one more time. We'll agree to this. We'll restructure your deal, turn your two-year into one year, and the next year you're a free agent. You can do whatever the hell you want. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's probably 670, 30, 60-40 Jets, but I would not take Green Bay off the market. I understand what Mark Murphy said yesterday. Um, Mark Murphy tends to kind of talk himself into problems. Uh, Another example? Too much yeah. Stock into what he, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't put too much stock into what he said. Um, Good dude, just don't put him in front of a mic because he kind of gets like senioritis every now and then. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I still think Green Bay is is definitely an option. It might not be the top option. Packers might not want it, but Rodgers, I mean, he holds all the leverage here. He really does. Because again, he doesn't have a no trade clause, but you can't send him somewhere he doesn't want to, or else he's going to put you forty million in the dead cap space. You can't release him, or else he's going to put you hundred million dollars in dead cap space. So it's uh, again, it's. It's definitely an interesting situation both teams are in. All right, so you're not exactly high on the move potentially if it happens here. So let's close out on this one because I have to ask you about this. We're, of course, going to see Marquette a little bit later on today down the street playing for a Big East championship. What is the ceiling for Shaka Smart's team? And by the way, I think he should win National Coach of the Year. I think he's been outstanding. So give me, the, give me the thoughts on the Golden Eagles here heading into March Madness. It's, it's Buzz Williams all over again. Like, Marquette kind of got away from doing what made Marquette really good, which is using transfers and using JUCO guys. They brought in some transfers. They went a little smaller than the past. 
And I, I thought, to be honest, I thought UConn had their number because UConn just has a lot of size. And you what can see guys game. get some foul trouble. And it was like a home game but for man, UConn at just, the Garden. Oh, oh, for sure. They're just super athletic. Like, no one saw Tyler Cola coming. Like, no one saw this happening. But he, he's like a, a baby Steve Nash, the way he can just get to the lane and, and put up like that little hook scoop lefty lane off the glass. Uh, Ibudaro has been so darn good. Then you have your role players. Like, Joplin knows what he wants to do. He wants to hit downtown. Sean Jones, when he comes off the bench, he's going to drive and kick. Cam Jones has worked on this floater, uh, floating three-point ball that has just somehow worked because he used to shoot it, he said, a little too flat. It would hit back iron too much, so he tried to get a little bit more air, and it never looks like it's going in, and then all of a sudden it drops out. I mean, Shaka has done a really good job um, putting together a team, and then he's just a good motivator. I always say, like, and this goes for college football as well, head coaches are used car salesmen. Like, you yep. need to get these kids in the building, and then you need to inspire them. And Shaka does all of that. And, and look, we'll, we'll see what happens. Xavier's a really good team. I mean, Xavier is, is very good. They're very sound. But, man, this, this Golden Eagle team has been fun all year round. Pick, what, ninth in, in the preseason? Ninth in the Big Bowl, East. Now you're the Big East. Yeah, now you're the Big East regular season champs. You have a chance to, to claim the, the conference tournament crown. I know they're um, – Quad wins aren't really up there, but you would think they'd be obviously at least a three. But if you win a tournament, you got to be a two, right? I mean, I, I don't see how you could be denied. I don't see how you could deny the Big East regular season and tournament champion a two seed. I'll tell you, uh, look, so, and and I'm a, I'm a Rutgers guy, so I'm a Big Ten guy. But even though the Big Ten maybe from top to bottom is certainly a stronger league in the Big East, I have more faith that there's going to be a better representation of Big East schools still alive come the second week of the tournament, like the Sweet 16, than there will be from the Big Ten. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, it, it, it's funny how it's just such a different brand of basketball. I mean, again, we have Wisconsin out here, and you watch Wisconsin and Northwestern, and they just they slow it down, they work it around, they let the shot clock wind down, and then we shoot and see what happens. Marquette's yep. like, nah, man. Big East is like, let's get up and down. Let, let's run. Let's have some fun. And it's just so weird seeing them both go at each other. Obviously, Wisconsin took down Marquette because Marquette tried to play Wisconsin's game instead of speeding up the Badgers. And I think that was the Badgers' last like good win because then they fell off. Um, but, yeah, look, it, it's a good time to be out here in Wisconsin. I mean, the Brewers made some good moves. This Rodgers thing, as soon as this wraps up, will be fun. Uh, the Bucks are obviously amazing. Sure. And Marquette, awesome. So, I mean – You've never been out to Milwaukee. Come out in the summer. The winter sucks, but get out here in the summer and have some fun. <laughs> and I'll holler at you <laughs> definitely when that happens. Dario, thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. And uh, when we have the Aaron Rodgers press conference, I'll definitely be sending you some uh, invitations. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Look, if he ends up going to the Jets, good luck because you're going to be in my shoes this time next year. It'll be an upgrade. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Dario, thanks, yeah, my friend. We'll exactly. talk to you soon, all right? See ya. All right, there's Dario Melendez, ABC in Wisconsin. Um, Get the idea he's not really high on the move. (laughs) He just wants to be done with it more. And look, I can – look, it's been a soap opera for the last few years with them. I I totally get it. But, uh, you know, you heard. I I, I think certainly he's not as high on maybe the Jets on a day-in, day-out basis. Like, we get a chance to see them here. But, you know, you can expect that. He's out there worrying about the Packers, not really maybe knowing what this team could do. But – I think you know how we all feel about it. It would be a sizable upgrade, no doubt about it. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Let's get into some college hoops from St. John's, and now they're in the market for a new head coach. Dan Gross' show till the top on 98.7 ESPN. 
This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Dan Gross, the show, 9870 ESPN. On this Saturday, another half hour to play with, and we'll hand things over to Anita. Remember, we got Knicks basketball coming up a little bit later on today. 3.30 the pregame. Knicks continue their West Coast swing. They'll take on the L.A. Clippers. No Jalen Brunson talked about that a little while ago. So St. John's, they decide to move on from Mike Anderson yesterday. Four years, and they decide to make a coaching change. Look, I get it. No postseason, 10 games under 500 in the Big East. No losing seasons either. You know, Mike Anderson's never had a losing season as a head coach, you know, throughout his career. But here's the problem, like – when you keep hitting the reset button, that takes a toll on your program. You know, always having to start from the bottom because, you know, when you bring in a new head coach, then that means in a lot of cases he's making changes to the coaching staff. He wants to bring in his own guys. And then you're going to have some change there. And whenever you also have a change in head coach, that means that you got guys on that team that committed to play for a coach or committed to play for an assistant coach, and that if there's going to be some turnover there, then the players are going to leave. And especially this day and age with – the state of college basketball and even college football for that matter when you have nil and you have the transfer portal as prevalent as it is you're gonna have a lot of roster shakeups. it seems like at the end of every season but you know whether you think that it was the right decision the wrong decision to make a, a, a coaching change if you're st john's i think you have to ask yourself when can you get back to the way this program used to be and more importantly can you get back to that level because it seems like the Big East keeps evolving and, you know, there's new members coming in, other teams moving out, right? Like, we, we know that the landscape of college sports always has changed here, but it's been a while for St. John's. St. John's hasn't won an NCAA tournament game since 2000. 2000. You remember that? The Mike Jarvis team. And that was Mike Jarvis who was winning with all the players that Fran Fraschilla brought in. And then Jarvis was the one who got to reap the rewards. But they've only been to the tournament three times in the last two decades. Best finish in the Big East was fourth in the last eight years. Fourth. You know, and you looked at Madison Square Garden last night, you know, and you had that place jam-packed semifinal Friday night of the Big East tournament. You know, the UConn-Marquette game, like we were talking about there with, with Dario. That place was a, it was rocking. You know, you had teams like Creighton. You know, Creighton's in, Creighton's in freaking Nebraska, right? 
And that's why you got to be banging your head against the wall if you're a St. John's fan. It's like, how come a team like Creighton in middle America can make it all the way, you know, can join the Big East Conference and then have this success? And look, Greg McDermott's done a hell of a job with that team. You know, Doug McDermott was there once upon a time and all that stuff. But, like, how come a team like Creighton can have success and to play for top prizes and whatnot in this conference? And yet, meantime, St. John's just can't seem to figure this thing out. Right? Xavier makes one smart hire. They bring in Sean Miller, a guy who's one of the top coaches in college basketball. You know, his time ran out there in Arizona, and he's back at a place that he had success previously at Xavier. And then, boom, one year. Guys in the conference championship game. Same thing, Shaka Smart. You know, Shaka Smart, we know who, you know, built his name with VCU all those years, getting a Cinderella team to the Final Four, and then it didn't quite work out for him in Texas, but goes back to Marquette. He's a Wisconsin native. That's home to him, and he's got this team now that could go on a deep run in the NCAA tournament, winning a Big East championship. Like, why does St. John's keep missing the boat? Why? Like, what's wrong? See, the problem with Mike Anderson, it's not that Mike Anderson is a bad coach. It's not that he's, you know, not smart when it comes to basketball. Mike Anderson doesn't have any ties to the New York area. Mike Anderson's not a Northeast guy. That's half the battle when you talk about finding success as a coach. You've got to know the guys you're going to recruit. Because St. John's, with the ever-changing landscape of college athletics, St. John's is a tough place to sell to kids who aren't from here. Like, why would you come to St. John's when you look at, if you have options, if you've got options and you're a top talent, what makes St. John's desirable, right? You look at all these other campuses and all these other schools and all the other amenities and the facilities at Power 5 programs throughout America, and then you compare it to little old St. John's, what does it have to offer, right? Because in the past, once upon a time, you could tell a kid, hey, you know what? You're going to play a lot of your games at Madison Square Garden. All right, that's cool. And I made this point the other night. Think about Madison Square Garden. The mecca of basketball, as they like to call it, right? If you're a 16-year-old kid, a 17-year-old kid, high school, and you're getting ready to decide, you know, where I'm going to go to college, and I'm a basketball player, and I got some options, in your lifetime, you know, since you were old enough to really and truly understand sports, understand basketball, so maybe from the time you were, I don't know, seven, eight years old, so really the last 10 years, what does Madison Square Garden mean to you? Whether you're from New York or let's say if you're an out-of-towner and didn't grow up on this stuff, like what is Madison Square Garden to you? Like you've heard about this name Right, you've heard about this building and, and and the history and this and that. Okay, but what have you seen from like your own eyes? And even if you grew up like as a Nick fan or something like that, and you're like, like, what big games have been played at Madison Square Garden since you were alive as a basketball fan? Have you seen any? Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, what big games have the Knicks played in that building over the last ten years to where it was like constantly on your TV, constantly on national television? What big games have you seen St. John's play in that building over the last 10 years? If you want to even drag it down to the college level. You see my point? So I don't even know if you could fall back on that necessarily. And like The building is going to sell people. Not like it once was. It's been a long time. So that's the challenge that a place like St. John's has. 
of getting these type of guys. But, I mean, look at some of the other programs in the Big East and what they've become. I mean, Villanova's won two national championships in the last decade. Been to Final Fours. UConn's won titles. Final Fours. Right? I know that, you know, the schools that are now in the Big East and they weren't there at the time, but Marquette went to a Final Four once upon a time with Dwayne Wade, even though they weren't in the Big East. Butler went to -to back-to-back national championship games with Brad Stevens. Back-to-back national championship games. Little old Butler. I know they've fallen on hard times now, too, but Georgetown was in a freaking Final Four with, with, with John Thompson III. It's just, you know, it's just sad seeing a program like St. John's, Georgetown, like down on their luck. I mean, these were teams that if, you, if you're old enough to remember, like, the glory days of the Big East, like, it's, it, it's just, it's a strange sight. And so I sit here and I wonder if a place like St. John's could ever get back to that point. And now, you know, all signs point to, Rick Pitino is possibly being the savior and being somebody that might have interest in the job. And, oh, by the way, he's got a pretty big game today with Iona in the MAC championship game trying to get back to the big dance. They're going to be a heavy favorite tonight against Maris down at Boardwalk Hall. But, look, St. John's ain't going to be the only one that has eyes for Pitino. Georgetown supposedly is interested. Texas Tech is interested. And a guy like Rick Pitino, yeah, there's the appeal of staying home and, you know, not having to uproot and trying to see if he can salvage, you know, this one-storied program as a New York guy. But some of these other schools, for example, like a Tex- Texas Tech going to be able to outbid a place like St. John's. They just are. So what really matters to a Pitino if indeed he is the guy that you think is going to be the savior? And he could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse, but a lot has to happen first. And I'm just... I, I, I just have my doubts. You know, I mentioned these other two schools that are playing for the Big East Championship tonight at Madison Square Garden with Xavier and Marquette. They made head coaching hires. And Sean Miller and Shaka Smart, they've done a great job in one year turning those programs around and getting to this point. Is it going to be that easy at St. John's? Don't know. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Dan Gross's show, 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Alarm me to protect your home and your family. Dan Grasso Show here on 98.7 ESPN. Let me give you a little bit of the lineup, what we have for the rest of the day here on the channel. When we are done at noon, you got Anita who's going to give you a bonus half hour today. Take it right up until 3.30. And then she is going to turn things over. Actually, back to me, believe it or not, because I'll have Knicks pregame for you today. Knicks at the Clippers. That's a 3.30 vehicle as the Knicks and the Clips, second game of the West Coast trip. Uh, When that game is through and we say goodbye, we're going to turn things over to Islander hockey. The Islanders take on the Capitals. So you get that. 
So a lot of sports the rest of the uh, day and night right here on 98.7. If you're looking for the Rangers, of course, because the Rangers are going to be up in Buffalo, that'll be a 10.50 vehicle. Pre-game starting at 4.30 as the Blue Shirts' um, road trip continues up in Buffalo to take on the Sabres. Donnie will have the pre-game for you. All three hockey teams uh, in action tonight. We told you the Islanders, Capitals, Rangers, Sabres, Devils in Montreal to battle the Canadiens. Spring training stuff, um, you know, I, I guess the only takeaway from the spring training over the last couple of days here, at least yesterday with the two teams, um, we mentioned the Yankees stuff. Look, the Rodon, the forearm strain shut down for a little bit. It's concerning. You know, the Yankees could sit here and poo-poo it all they want, and they say that it's no big deal, and it, it, it's, it's a concern. Okay, you better hope that nothing else shows up because, you know, Rodon is somebody who has Tommy John in his history, who's got arm issues in his history. And the last two years have really gone a long way towards kind of resetting what he is as a pitcher and really reestablishing himself as one of the top pitchers in Major League Baseball. And a guy who I thought was so critical for the Yankees this offseason and really got me pumped up about that rotation of what they could be. So the Rodon stuff bears watching. And then Harrison Bader, who has an oblique strain now. And, you know, when you hear the Yankees say there's no timetable for his return, well, that's not encouraging. Right, because we've seen obliques. Oblique has become the new, like the the baseball injury of the two thousands. Right, like growing up and you know following baseball and stuff, you didn't hear about guys who had oblique injury. Like nobody even heard the word oblique. What the hell's oblique? Right. But now it's become a thing. Why that is? I mean, look, there have been so many things said, written about why is it because they're spending more time in the weight room and getting jacked. I don't know. But nevertheless, Oblique could cost you a couple of months here. And Bader is a key part of this team because, you know, you're already talking about left field as being a potential black hole for the Yankees. But you thought that you had center field locked up pretty good with Bader. So if he's out of the mix, like, what do you do? You're going to slide Judge over to center field? You're going to put Aaron Hicks in center field? I mean, nobody wants to see Aaron Hicks. Right? We talked about finding ways to get Giancarlo Stanton and his glove onto the field just to keep him fresh, just to keep him engaged a little bit. He was going to play some right, and you were going to have Judge slide over to left field or center field. It just creates a headache here a little bit if you're Aaron Boone. Now, does that mean Brian can – look, the severity of the injury I think is going to prompt the Yankees' next move, whatever it will be. Is he going to go out and maybe bring in another outfielder? I, I don't know. If it's severe, you might have to. But this is not a good precedent here for Harrison Bader because, remember, when they traded for him last year, how long did it take before he was even able to play because he had the foot injury? And now he's going to start off his first full season with the Yankees, injured again. Not good news uh, for the Yanks, but we'll see what happens here over the next coming days. As far as the Mets are concerned, you had the second start from Verlander yesterday. He looked good. It's just about getting into routine, getting in the rhythm, stretching out the arm, building up the pitch count. And I guess the way things are lining up here with Verlander it appears that he's going to be ticketed for the second game of the season, which would mean Scherzer game number one on the 30th against the Marlins. I don't get caught up in all that stuff, but for those that do, they haven't officially announced it, but it seems as if they're leaning Scherzer opening day, Verlander game two. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what order they pitch. Just make sure they go out there and make as many starts as possible for this team, and that's what's ultimately going to carry them to hopefully another 100-win season in that National League East. And it was good to see Starling Marte swing the bat. He went deep yesterday's first at-bats of the spring. Um, I think we all saw how important the guy Marte was for that lineup when he was injured last year, the time that he missed. And I think that, you know, him being out of the mix in the second half of the season really contributed to the Mets maybe hitting that little bit of a rut, to be quite honest with you. 
So the guy's a really good player. I think we all saw that. Getting a chance to see him up close on a daily basis. He gained a greater appreciation for how good of a player that Starling Marte is. And they need him to be healthy. And, you know, the, the surgery he had, the sports hernia stuff here in the offseason, you know, I mentioned this. I know some people that live down in Miami and that train and work out at, you know, like some of the, you know, sports rehab type places that a lot of the athletes that live down there do. And, uh, you know, they, they saw Marte a lot during this offseason. They said he was banged up pretty good. And the surgery and the procedure that he had done was maybe a little bit more serious than what even was being reported. But nevertheless, it's good to see him back out there. It's good to see him swinging the bat well, and they need him. Because the Mets did not do much in the offseason to upgrade the offense. That's the one area that I think maybe left a little bit to be desired from the winter. Right? You thought that they had Carlos Correa until they didn't. That would have been a big, big help. But didn't happen. So therefore, you got to rely on the guys that you have, and you got to hope that you can keep them healthy and that they're going to go out there and have themselves some productive seasons. Let's say hi to Corey and Edison. He's up next year on 98.7 ESPN. Corey, how we doing? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking the call. What's up, Corey? Um, I just, uh, Dario sounded like a little bit of a hurt ex to me. I got to be honest. You know, he kept on just saying, <laughs> he kept on just saying, well, you know, Mahomes, Berlin, Allen are better. So, you know, that, that's not just, there's, there's 21 other guys that play on the field on offense and defense. You know, the Jets, I think of all those teams, the Jets have the best defense. And that's, you know, come, come playoffs, if they have the best run game with Brees Hall, they got the best defense, and they got Rodgers making the plays when they need it, they're a contender. I, I, I don't know what world they're not a contender. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, Corey, I appreciate it. Look, and, and I, I say this all the time. Does it help to have the quarterback, the top quarterback? A thousand percent it does, right? But we've seen examples where teams go to deep into the playoffs, hell, even go to Super Bowls without having the best of the quarterbacks. And Rodgers, I think, certainly when he's at his, at his peak, he is a top quarterback. But remember, the Tennessee Titans went to the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago with freaking Ryan Tannehill, right? But the rest of the team was pretty rock solid. They started playing good football at the right time, and they went a long way. I mean, the Jets went to two AFC Championship games with Mark Sanchez, back-to-back. You don't think Aaron Rodgers can upgrade this team? You're damn right he could. Some final thoughts when we come back, then we'll hand things over to Anita coming up at noon. Dan Grosser Show right here, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. All right, real quick, I'll set the scene for you. College hoops today with the postseason games and the conference championship stuff. Um, You have the big Fordham game coming up at 3.30, like we told you, out at Barclays Center. Fordham and Dayton, A-10 semifinals with a chance to compete for the chance to go to the big dance if they're able to get by. Dayton's a six-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. So best of luck to the Rams. Hopefully they can keep this impossible dream going here on what's been a really, really good season. Marist against Iona tonight in the MAC championship down at Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City. Rick Pitino trying to get him back to the dance again. Um And who knows, maybe we're talking about the next St. John's coach. We shall see. But I think the fact that, you know, the MAC is a one-bid league, that was one of the things that maybe suddenly had Patino soured on coaching um, in the MAC conference. Because remember, last year they got picked off in the conference tournament, and that allowed St. Peter's to go on that crazy run all the way to the the Elite Eight. And, you know, maybe at this stage of the game, Patino, the ultimate competitor, a guy who's won championships and Hall of Fame coach, 
wants to be able to have a little bit better chance to compete. So maybe a place like St. John's or Georgetown or Texas Tech or whoever it might be would be more of a likely destination. We shall see. That's going to be it for us today. This was a fun show. Flew on by. Thanks to Dario Melendez, our buddy from Wisconsin, for checking in. Thanks to Harvey Cruz and Joe Leo. I'll talk to you again coming up at 3.30 for the Knicks. But right now, Anita Marks is going to take you the rest of the afternoon. Dan Gross saying so long and enjoy your Saturday, everybody. Bye-bye. What the hell's oblique?